Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, episode 21, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is the incredible, the wonderful, the marvelous National Director of Publications, co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. Jamie, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. That's <laughs> Why good. Are you always so extra. <laughs> we also have with us the incredible, the wonderful, the marvelous co-host, producer, pro, the one who makes this entire thing actually this puts the train on these tracks, Elizabeth. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I am so super swell. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited about uh, today's episode. It is back to school season. I'm super excited about it being back to school season. And with the start of September coming, it's time to get back to school. And of course, back to programming in the Salvation Army. So today we're going to talk over some fun end of summer, back to school things. Uh, We're going to talk about some schools in pop culture, where you always wished you could go, where you're glad you never went. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be fun. And, and of course, we're going to talk about the summer school uh, extraordinaire vacation Bible school. Always a fun time. Actually, right in the middle of our recording now, our core is doing vacation Bible school. So we were there last night, hanging out with the kids. We got four more days to go. It'll be great. It's exciting. Yep. Good time. So we're going to start this off. Thank you, Major Jamie. We're going to start off today's episode by talking about Vacation Bible School. Hopefully, every listener out there, you have attended Vacation Bible School or your core has done Vacation Bible School this summer. I'm not sure about every territory, but I think it's a mandated program. It's one of those things that's required to do um, across the, the uh, United States. So uh, Vacation Bible School uh, a great opportunity, usually five days, one week of of meetings, uh, of getting new kids into the Salvation Army and, and starting to work. That's the, I like to call it the beginning hopper for the pipeline, right? That's where you get your outreach and get kids in so that they go to character building to Sunday morning, get saved, all that stuff. So, but first, before we do that, let's play a little game because we, we love games here at the Battle Line Podcast. And this one is going to be called, Is This a VBS Theme or Nah? <laughs> VBS theme or not. So I'm going to throw out a VBS theme, Elizabeth and Major Jamie and listeners at home or driving in your car, wherever you are. And you're going to say yes or no, that is a real vacation Bible school theme or not. Clear as mud? Gotcha. All right, here we go. First one. I have six. So here's the first one. Twilight VBS. Twilight VBS Twilight Wait, Twilight like the vampires like Bella Swan and God, Edward no. and Jacob Twilight VBS I is mean, this a I'm real VBS I'm gonna say no but it's probably yes so we got a, a no vote for Major Jamie how about you Elizabeth I'm gonna go with no it seems a little too saucy it's a no it's Yay, a no it's a completely I'm so glad. made up there's no such thing as a Twilight VBS if you go to a Twilight VBS you're in the wrong place bro okay all right number two trail of treasures. Yes. That's Trail be it. of treasures. Man, yes. Listen, BBS or no. loves some alliteration in the names. So I'm going to say yes. If it's not a theme yet, make it one next year. So two vote, two votes. Yes. It is a theme. It is a vacation Bible school. Correct. Very good. Did you good write job, down guys. what the scriptural reference was? No, I did not. Um, that would require me going double clicking into a further <laughs> rabbit hole of all of these VBS <laughs> themes. Look, if you Google VBS themes of all time, you're going to get some 
a lot. There's just a lot of links there, okay? <laughs> All right, next one. Sunward Ho. S-O-N. Oh, yes, that's one. Sunward Ho. 20 times yes. How about you, Elizabeth? Let's go with yes. That is correct. Yes, it is a vacation Bible school theme. Sunward Ho. Sunward Ho. All right. <laughs> How about this? Uh, number four. You guys are going good. I think you're what you're three for three so far. Voice of the Martyrs. Voice Ooh, of no. the Martyrs. Oh, we aren't doing that to children. No, uh, I'm gonna say no. No. What do you say, Elizabeth? I'll say no too. That is correct. It is not a vacation Bible <laughs> school theme. But you guys got worried, Listen, didn't you? These babies coming home traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Voice of the Martyrs VBS would be rough. Right. <laughs> Important information, not for a vacation Bible school. Okay. Number five. You guys are killing the game today. Great job. Number five. International Spy Academy. International Spy Academy VBS. Yes or nah? See, this is tricky. I'm going to go with Elizabeth first on this one. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Yes I'm or gonna no? I'm going to go with no because there's no sort of play on words or anything in this title. Okay, I like that. I like that uh, the logic. How about you, Major Jamie? Mm, I'm going to say no. It is a real oh. VBS. <laughs> International Spy so Academy. So close to 100%. Agents for the one true Whoa, God. Oh, you cheated. You left out the tagline. <laughs> of course. I'm going to tell you that. If you had put the colon, then we would have got it. the one true God. Even if you had started saying colon agents of, I would have said, okay, that's going to be a All thing. right, last one. Toughest one for last. Twilight VBS was easy. This is the tough one. Ocean commotion. Oh, wow. Ocean commotion. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Does it have a tagline that you're just not saying? I'm not going to tell you. Ocean commotion. I'll tell you what it's about. It doesn't have a tagline, but I'll tell you what it's about. Okay. When you finish. Ocean commotion. Yes oh, or wait, no? We have to guess first before you tell us what it's about. Well, then the answer is yes, because it has something that it's about. <laughs> Dang it. I guess I told you the answer. <laughs> Would you like to, Elizabeth? Yes. Okay, yes. You don't even have to. Yes, it is a VBS. Ocean commotion. This is what, I, it's nothing too much about it, but here's what made me laugh. It's a whole week study on Noah's flood, which to me just seems like a terrible name for a VBS. Noah's flood, when it's basically all of humanity gets wiped out and drowned. And we're just like, ocean commotion. Ocean commotion. Oh, uh, yeah. I believe that the flood probably caused a commotion on the earth. Let me tell you. Yes. There's a great uh, stand-up comedy routine about this, how we take these Bible stories that really are rough, like when you think <laughs> about all the things that happen, and we make them like children's things and decorate our baby's rooms in the nursery. Like, There's oh, always all of humanity dead. Let's put it in my baby's nursery. I, know. I think the stand-up comedian was telling us like with a nursery wall, everybody always puts the ark right in the flood and all the animals are safe on the ark. He said, he always says, what's missing is like the dead bloated corpses floating in the water next yeah. to the ark. So like, terrible. We, that's right. <laughs> how did we decide that this was what we're going to decorate our kids' rooms in? I don't know. I need a few more bloated corpses on the nursery wall, please. Not enough. <laughs> All right. You guys did really good. So vacation Bible school uh, is important. You know, it's one of those things sometimes, unfortunately, that we just kind of, you know, it, it, it's one of those things we sometimes feel like we have to do. But vacation, vacation Bible school is important. We talked about it really quick at the beginning. Like that's the beginning of the youth ministry pipeline, right? Like I hate using the phrase pipeline, but I think that's the best way to, to symbolize it. You have, that's an outreach event. You do an outreach event. You do block parties, you do 
parades, you do carnivals, you do Halloween carnivals, you do all these things, Halloween carnivals, not fall festivals, you do all these things, um, camp, right? Is that, and these are hopper events. These are things that you begin to reach out to, to, to outreach to children so that they come to the Salvation Army, they come to these programs. And when they come to these things, after that, they move to the next stage of the pipeline, right? You can't see me do air quotes, but note for the audio, that's what I'm doing. The next stage is like Wednesday night meetings or youth meetings or character building, right? It's like the start of discipleship. It's a way to get people in to begin the discipleship process. We think, oh, people will just come to our character building or they'll just start coming to junior soldiers. Maybe, but you have a better chance of like reaching them through VBS. So when VBS is sort of just slapped haphazardly together and 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 just kind of just not i don't want to say it so mean like this but when when the effort's not there i hope this isn't coming across mean then it just it 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 leaves there there's not that many kids coming into the pipeline does that make sense i hope i'm not offending what do you think man jamie no i mean i think unfortunately i think the reason or part of it is just that it's one of those things we've been doing it for so long that when you do something for so long it, it you it doesn't lose necessarily lose its freshness to the kids, but to the people doing it, it just becomes like a thing. Um, but I think if we reframe it and, and, you know, realize like, listen, like you said, listen, this is a great way for us to reach out. It's also, it's not just that it's a way for kids, um, you know, to be in a safe environment. You know, we were waiting for school to start. You, they're trying to find something to do instead of just running around there in your core buildings. You, it's an opportunity for you to, build relationships with them, which is an, uh, a vital part of discipleship is building relationships. Um, and so it's just, it's a fun opportunity to get to know kids and to have them get to know your people. Um, or for those kids who are already there in the core, a lot of times, um, we could have whole discussions about this, but a lot of times we stop programming in the summer, right? Um, it's kind of a break. And so this is an opportunity for, for kids to get back in, um, and geared up ready for, for the new school year, uh, or the new program year. So yeah, we could have a whole conversation on whether you should stop youth activities in the summer, but this is a good way to get them back, uh, and coming back and in a kind of in a routine of coming back to the building for the kids who you're, who you're already familiar with for you to catch up with them, learn, see how, what they've been doing all summer. Um, and it, it's just fun. Yeah. I think you're right. Like that you can do things in one week. Cause usually you only get the kids for one night a week, but when you have all week, like the week builds momentum, it compounds upon each other so that you can really build and do some cool stuff. It is evangelism and outreach in the community. And then the one thing I too, that we don't ever mention about is like, we always say all the time, I don't have enough leaders, right? I don't have enough leaders at my core. It's almost too easy to get honestly. And this, um, again, it's, uh, to get volunteer been your experience. It's been my experience to get, thank you, major Jamie. It's get, uh, to get people to come out cause they only know volunteers cause they only know they only have to do it for one week. Right. You're not saying, Hey, can you give up a year of your life to come and teach junior soldiers? You're just saying, Hey, can you come out each night this week and help us with a vacation Bible school? People are like, Oh yeah, I could give you a couple hours each night of this one week. Cause I know it definitely has an ending period. But then what happens is People come and they see how much they enjoy that. And then they're a little more willing to help out and lead in other areas because of what they've seen at Vacation Bible School. 
Yeah, it's also a good opportunity to involve other people. Now, obviously, because there are kids involved, you have to make sure that they've gone through your child safety programs and all that. Um, but if you have women's auxiliary or advisory boards or, you know, volunteers who come to your court to help with other things, you can plug them in. They may not teach the Bible lessons, depending on, you know, who they are, but they can help prepare snacks or do arts and crafts. You know, if you have somebody, uh, uh, you know, a volunteer or somebody on one of your boards who is crafty or has somebody in their family, you know, coming down to teach, that's something they're already passionate about. And then they get to teach that to kids. It's just a good way to plug them into, into what's happening in core programming. It's also a good way to get your young people involved who are technically too old to come to vacation Bible school, um, but are still young people. You can make them crew leaders. They, you know, walk the kids from one class to the other. They can be assistants uh, in the thing. And so it gives them ownership and ministry. Um, you know, they're not, they're not having to do all this planning. You're not entrusting a doctrine, you know, a doctrine <laughs> lesson to them, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it gets them involved and gives them ownership and ministry. And um, we, we know from all kinds of church studies that that's, those are the things that keep young people involved in church is when they have ownership and mission. So um, it's just a good opportunity to make that happen. Yeah, just to wrap up this thing about vacation Bible school, we, we just it, it's in, it is important. Uh, we understand that it is you know why it is a mandated program, but not just that. Not we don't do it just because we have to, but we should do it just because we want to. That's what we're all called to do, right? To to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ um, through every Salvation Army unit out there. And one of the ways that we have that, one of the tools we have at our disposal to get kids to come in, is vacation Bible school. Yeah. And listen, it's one of those things like now there are so many companies who are putting out the kits, like they come ready made. You don't even have to, I shouldn't say you don't have to think, but they come. So, I mean, they, everything's already prepared for you. You just have to order supplies and do all that stuff. Or on the other side, if you're a person who's like, these are too cheesy, they're always the same. I don't like them. It makes it easy. I mean, you, it's fairly easy to write your own. You, yeah. I mean, you can You overachievers utilize. out there who are just like, I'll write my own VBS material. It's a... Listen. That's skill. Here. That's skill. I <laughs> that was you. always one of my favorite things. But you, you take the Bible lessons and then it's fun just to come up with the crafts and the um, snacks and all those kind of things that theme. You don't have... It doesn't have to be... You don't have to take that kit and use it. It's just a time. Vacation Bible School is just a time for you to get the kids to come back. They have fun. They're doing lessons. They're learning about Jesus. It does. We don't. Sometimes we make things harder than they have to be. Um, so, you know, check, just let's be thinking about maybe maybe you're one of those people who thinks it needs to be freshened up. Well, then let's freshen it up. There's nothing stopping us from you know making it you know, the coolest thing you've done all summer. All right. Well, in honor of back to school as well, you know, the summer's over, vacation Bible school's coming to a close all around the world and public school, private school, real school is uh, popping up. And so we thought it would just be fun here to take a little bit to go through again, six more schools that are known throughout movies and TV, pop culture, and just say, would you have liked to attended those schools when you were a kid, if it was a real place or like we did with moms in pop culture or dads in pop culture, uh, our mom, good school, bad school, right? So I'm going to throw out a uh, school. Jamie and Elizabeth are going to tell me good school or bad school, their opinions and listeners. You can yell out the answers. We can hear you if you yell at your car radio, uh, if you yell loud enough. And then uh, we'll just talk a little bit about maybe some faith aspects of those as well. So first, perhaps the most popular school of all time. Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. 
All right. Yes, we did just say the witchcraft word on the Battle Line podcast. But Hogwarts, is Hogwarts a good school, bad school? Let me make the case, and then you guys jump in. Here's one reason it could be a good school. Friends forever, right? The people that you hang out with at boarding school, you got to spend the night there. Here's the bad thing. You might die if you go to Hogwarts. <laughs> you might die. All right, so Elizabeth, uh, Major Jamie, Hogwarts, good school, bad school, make a case for it. I mean, I might, I'm going to say good school. Yes, you might die, but they really try to teach you hard ways not to die. <laughs> <laughs> they have a whole class on it. It's not their fault. The world is a wild and scary place. They're just trying to equip people to go out and live in that place. They didn't, Hogwarts didn't produce Voldemort, but they're teaching you how to fight him. Mm, that's a word. <laughs> how about you, Elizabeth? Good school, bad school? I think it's a good school because it kind of reminds me of the Disney Channel games where you're like divided into four groups and you get to compete against each other. You know, yeah. I love that. It's so fun. I guess competition say, spur on good behavior. I'm going to say good school too. And here's what I thought. You know what Hogwarts reminds me of? Uh, summer staff. All right. Cause so we're in summer camp. You're splitting the groups, right? Or not even just working summer staff, going to summer camp. You're splitting the cabins. If you've seen a week away, you've got the red, red crimson apostles, Crimson Angels, the Verde Maximus, the Azure Apostles, which is a fancy word for blue. Come on, guys. All right. So you put people in the group, summer camp, right? And then you you make friends forever. So I think of, of summer camp, just excluding the part where you might die. Okay. Don't worry about that. Elizabeth, have you ever taken one of those quizzes to find out what Hogwarts house you're in? Yes. Because when I was in London, I had to do the little picture. And oh, yeah. I got the Yellow Coat Tribe group. Oh, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. That's good. Hufflepuff it, means you, good. it means you're kind and loyal. Totally, yes. I'm a Gryffindor, which is brave. And let's ask Major Jamie. <laughs> Major Jamie, would you like to share with the listening public? No, what no your, let's move on. Which is? <laughs> I have no idea what it could be. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next. Listen. <laughs> That's what a Slytherin would say. Listen. I open the door. I open the door. All Not right. Bad. Next. <laughs> Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. This would be the school where the X-Men go. All right. So here's the good thing. If you go to this school, you're guaranteed to get a top notch education easily. And you're going to find other people like you mutants. You don't fit in. But here you fit in. Here's the bad side. You could possibly die. Do we see all the themes of these schools? There is a chance you might die. All right. So Major Jamie Elizabeth, good school, bad school. X-Men where all the mutants go and learn. I think it's a good school. I would go there. I don't have a superpower, but it seems like a fun place to be. And you're right. They do. They are actually teaching them things. Uh, it's not just like, here, let me teach you how to focus your superpower in this one thing. Like it's actually school. So cool. I say good school. Elizabeth, how about you? Good school, bad school? Yeah, I think it's a good school. This seems like real practical hands-on learning. Yeah, that's true. They do show them. They, as Major Jamie said, they do show them how to use their superpower. The thing I like about this school and in a way that I honestly, I think about this a lot about the x-men stuff is it 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 shows you in some ways you can apply it to spiritual gifts now bear with me like these mutants each have uh, a certain power that uh they have like but they're all different but when they use together they become this unstoppable force isn't some way that the church right how god has given us all spiritual gifts and and sometimes we think our gifts are pretty lame you know or, or sometimes we think we want what somebody else has but God has given us each a spiritual gift, a mutant power, if you will. Just go with me. All right. And so when we use those together, the church moves. 
the, the kingdom of God moves in the earth for that. So uh, don't be ashamed of your spiritual gift. If it's encouraging, let them encourage. If it's teaching, let them teach. If it's giving, let them give. All right, leading, lead. Don't sit in the mud and be like, I wish I was a leader. I say that all the time. And uh, I sometimes think that my spiritual, my spiritual gift is I'm much better at setting up chairs and taking down chairs and tables after a block party than I am uh, being an administrator. Number three, Crunchum Hall. This one, it may throw you off a little bit. Crunchum Hall is the school that Matilda goes to with the trunch bull. All right. You remember these? Remember the book? You remember the movie? All right. Here's the thing. Good things. The good things is this school kind of teaches a little bit of rebellion. And I kind of like that. All right. A little bit of, of, of fighting the power. The bad thing is there's a really mean teacher, a really mean principal. Who spins children around by their hair. And locks them in the chokey, which is basically a really small room filled with like broken glass bottles and spikes. So um, good school, bad school, Crunchum <laughs> Hall. How's this a question? This is a bad school. The one good thing about it is Miss Honey. You, and Miss Honey, you're telling me that's a bad school with Miss Honey? Yes, I'm telling you it's a bad place with one good person in it. Okay. <laughs> how about you, Elizabeth? I don't know how this is an accredited learning institution. It sounds very violent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the uh, school board overlooks this one. I think it's a private school, right? That's why they get away with it. Um, but you know what else you learn at this school? And this is encouragement. You can do it, Brucey. You can eat that chocolate cake. That's my. That's is there a, a whole better cake? Is there a better this scene is in the encouraging children? Is there a do. better scene in the movie where Matilda stands up? You can do it, Brucey. Right, encouraging him, and he just starts double fisting the cake. It's amazing. What an encouraging place Crunchum Hall is. When you have one encouraging child. All right. The next one is a twofer. All right. I went with Rydell High School. And East High School. Rydell High School is the school from the musical Grease. And East High School is the high school from High School Musical. So the good things about both of these places, it's their typical schools, right? Like most it, normal out of all the schools so far, Crunchum Hall, X-Men School, Hogwarts. This is These are the most typical regular schools. So that's a good thing. The problem is you have to be willing to burst into spontaneous singing and dancing numbers uh, at any moment. So uh, good school, bad school. Elizabeth, Major Jamie, what do you think? I don't... I understand why you put them in the same category, but I do not feel that they are the same kind of school. Are you telling me that they're not the same school when all of a sudden the entire student body knows at the drop of a hat this amazing choreographed number with jazz hands and everything? They both go in the same category. Okay. East High School, they're at least learning, like they have excellent programs. They got a great basketball program. They got uh, this great theater program. They have, she's in what this, what is the, the academic? Yeah. See, they're promoting educational opportunities and enriching programs for, I don't see any of that happening at Rydell High. They sit in a classroom, but we don't ever know what those people are learning. It just seems like a bunch of shenanigans all the time. Are you telling me that, said, that the educational? They seem like they have a lot of fun. So as a person, would I say, would you hang out in the high school? As a teenager, I probably would have said yes. Does that mean it's a quality educational institution? It's just a regular. Are you telling me that the pink ladies and the T-birds don't care about educational decathlons? Exactly what I'm saying to you. (laughs) 
<laughs> How about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, you're chomping at the bit over here to jump in. High School Musical, I know this is your jam. Well, and of course, I was so bitter when High School Musical first came, came out because I thought it was a ripoff of Greece. But obviously, then I fell in love. So I would be stoked to attend either academic institution. It would be a dream. All right. So that's two for good school. Major Jamie, are we putting you in for bad school? I didn't say it's a bad school, Matt. I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said it's just an it's just a normal school. We don't know anything about its educational properties. That's fair. At least for Rydell. We do know <laughs> some about East High School. Number five, Hawkins High School. This Hawkins High School, Hawkins, Indiana, the school from Stranger Things. All right. So here's the thing about this. Again, this high school, you're going to make great friends. You're going to make friends for life. Here's the bad thing. You could possibly die. You could That's be not the fault killed of the high school. at this school. Eleven is in the high school gym when she's going into the upside down. I think that you're right. They're using the school property, but I'm just saying you could be killed while you're on school property. Facts. All right. Okay. Hawkins High School. Good school, bad school. Go. I'm going to say it's a good school because you have the teacher. I can't remember his name. The science teacher. Oh, yeah. That dude. Yeah. And he's like, he knows he he knows these kids. He knows what's going to keep them drawn in. He lets them play on that little radio, which they then use for nefarious purposes. But that's their own choice. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Elizabeth? Good school, bad school? I'm going to go with bad school. It seems a little too scary for me. Okay. Have you seen Stranger Things? No, you should. It's great. <laughs> See, uh, listen, you can't hold the school accountable for the fact that they broke in and are going to the upside down there. That's not their fault. They busted in so they could steal all that stuff. Now, maybe they should have better security, but that's not about their education. Some truth about the world of Stranger Things at Hawkins High School is as Christians, we do believe that there is a world of things going on around us that we cannot see. You know, that's what happens throughout Stranger Things is they go to the upside down. Um, there's things going on in the world that are happening that are that are invisible. As Christians, we believe the same thing, that there are moving. Uh, there is a, the kingdom. There are things, you know, moving. Uh, Jesus, we talk about this in the New Testament, right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, the kingdoms of the air, the darkness. So there are things moving in a world around that we can't see. Um, so, yeah, maybe not. Uh, Maybe not a demogorgon, but uh, definitely, definitely things uh, happen in the world that that we can't see. The spirit moves in ways that we cannot see. All right, last one. Now I got the last one. I would be attacked if I forgot this one. You have to add this one. Who among us, as a millennial, early generation Z, did not wish that they could attend Bayside High School in? California with Zach Morris. Here's, uh, here's, here's the, here's the good news. Here's the bad news. The first thing is like the band Zach attack sings. We'll be friends forever. Do you remember this song? Friends forever. Yep. When they had the band, but here's the bad thing about that school. Belding principal building, always trying to come down the man. All right. So, Major Jamie, Elizabeth, Bayside High School, good school, bad school? I mean, it's a good school. You did have Mr. Dewey, who is just Mr. Dewey. Uh, but Mr. Belding cared. He cared. He was he trying did. to do the best thing he did by care. those kids. Also, uh, you had Miss Bliss in the early, oh, the early, early times. She was doing everything she could to get them kids That's right. education. That's right. Also, uh, didn't 
listen, it produced some good educational things. We had Jesse Spano. She got accepted into Harvard. I thought it was Stansberry, the Harvard of the West. Oh, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> How about you, Elizabeth? Good school, bad school, Bayside High. I think it's a great school. It's by the bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've talked Vacation Bible School. We've talked Good School, Bad School. Let's just, real quick, we're just going to roll through these. Just try to bring, like, or I got I got a couple of things here. We're just going to run through our elementary school memories, things that just, and maybe, listener out there, you're just driving your car to work, and you're just like, oh, you're just going to get flooded with nostalgia and uh, and um, memories, fuzzy warm memories from, from when we went back to school. So first off, do you remember when you went back to school and you got new school clothes? Yes. And you walked in the first day of school feeling so fresh, right? Just been like, <laughs> check out me with my dinosaur backpack, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lunchbox, right? You remember that. Yep. Unless you went to private school and had to wear I, Yeah, I was going to say, I wore plaid every year. I never went to private school. Uh, it's too much of a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing uh, so hard. Let's Major just Dang. roll right past all that. All right, next one. <laughs> When you had your new clothes and you had to show off and you made multiple trips to the pencil sharpener. Do you remember that? Listen, kids these days have no idea. They have mechanical pencils. Oh, yeah. Or Me your own little personal pencil sharpener. Mechanical pencils ruin the game. They ruin the drip. <laughs> I tell you. Like, yes, this is how you got away with, you know, dropping notes to your friends and all kinds of other stuff on right? your way to the pencil sharpener. Now these little third graders are texting. We used to have to write on paper. Do you like and me? Checkbox, yes or no. Delivering it. That's right. And then you Kids folded it into no a idea. cool ninja star. And when you walk by, you just kind of went, right? As you went to your pencil sharpener. And hope and, it hits your friend and not somebody else that you didn't want to get that letter. And you had to <laughs> hand crank that pencil sharpener. Mm. And then if you did it just the wrong way, it would break it all off. Yep. And then you're stuck with a yeah pencil nub. And there was nothing better than taking the canister off and having to dump all that pencil oh, yeah. shavings. Or if your mom right? bought the cheap pencils, they break all the time. Here's another great memory that I remember having. Val you remember Valentine's Day in elementary school and you had to write a Valentine's Day for everybody else in the class? Listen, I did not like this. Why? Well... I don't know what I want to give Valentine's to all the kids for. Because some I mean, people fine. need love, Jamie, Major <laughs> Jamie. Some of us don't get Valentine's. Some of us aren't cute and get Valentine's from people all year round. Some of us have to work for it. And some of us need participation trophies, participation Listen, that's Valentine's. Fine. If you're a nice kid, I don't have any problem giving you a Valentine's Day. But when you're a jerk face, 364 days of the year, why am I going to slide one of them little red heart suckers in your lunchbox? I do not love you. I do now in Christ. I did not then. I do not want to Sometimes slide you a Valentine's sucker when you spend the whole time pulling people's hair and being a jerk face. Sometimes you need a little Valentine with a little bumblebee on it that says, will you be mine? Sometimes you need that to make your heart jump. How about you, Elizabeth? Such a big day. So much thought went into writing those thoughtful cards. And heartbreaking if you didn't get the ones you wanted back. Let me tell you. Oh, you're supposed to write encouraging things on them? I usually just sign my name. Or in high school when they play you, you have to get those ones where you pay and they get delivered. Yes. You know you're really like somebody when you're willing to pay a dollar for a plastic rose. <laughs> As somebody who never got one of those, would have really liked to get participation. Right there. <laughs> really would have liked to get participation, Valentine's. Elizabeth, I'll tell you a story after we're done recording. <laughs> oh. Off pod, off pod. 
All right, next we got school lunches with our little, all the food managed to be square. You remember to fit inside the little compartment? So you had square pizza and like square. Listen, cartons of chocolate milk. Lunchables. Listen, Lunchables. The poor man's charcuterie. (laughs) That's right. This is, Lunchables are why all the millennials love to eat charcuterie now because it's it's just a fancy way of eating your childhood lunch. And then they they branched off and started making like chicken nuggies and pizza and it was cold. Listen. That's ridiculous. You got to stick with the old school, the crackers, the processed meat where it's been like ground into a paste and then reshaped back into a perfect circle. Whatever fell. And little cheese squares with a Capri Sun. And the best ones is if you could get your mom to buy the ones that had the Reese peanut butter cups inside of them. The Capri Sun slaps. That's true. Major yeah. Jamie. Mm. Listen, you don't have to work for that lunch. You just slide the whole thing in your box. You're ready to go. That's And like, can we just take a moment to appreciate, see, like only 90s kids are going to, can we take a moment to appreciate like handy snacks and Dunkaroos? Do you remember handy those? Handy snacks see, were my Elizabeth, jam. Elizabeth's looking at us. She has no idea what we're talking about. Elizabeth, handy is you snack, handy snack? Handy snacks. I have no clue what that is. Handy okay. snacks and Dunkaroos were... They're these little plastic oh trays gosh. and one they're divided into little segments. One segment is big and one segment is small. And so the handy snacks, they either had the like club crackers or these little breadstick things. If it was the club crackers, it had a little red plastic stick and there was like processed cheese spread. Oh, yes, and so I you do. can spread yep. the cheese yep. on the crackers. Mm-hmm. See, also setting you up for charcuterie is <laughs> what's happening right here. You would rub the cheese on the crackers. It would always be good. You would never have enough cheese for the crackers. And then the Dunkaroos, they were cookies, like little... With, um, just like little Oreos, chocolate, chocolate... Like little things. grams or whatever, and then frosting. Ice. Oh, my gosh. Do they still sell these? No. They do. Treats? I saw them at Sam's Club. They went uh, away for a long time, but I think they're coming crime. back. You can basically do the same thing by buying animal crackers and a tub of frosting. That's... But, I love that. Wow. Yes. Next memory. Do you remember when they said, pu- I'm just going to say they were setting us <laughs> 90s kids up for a good, healthful lifestyle. Oh, where no. they're like, here's Lunchables mm. and Dunkaroos. But it's now fine. this is why the millennials are millennials are like, can I get some uh, avocado on toast? Because it reminds <laughs> we, me of handy we snacks. We have a whole childhood to make up for here. <laughs> the next thing I remember about public school was, do you remember when these, pub- these schools used to make us fundraise for them? Like selling gift wrap? Like you would sell... 500 items and you would get a a yo-yo yes, or go something sell like your that. grandma a 27 dollar tin of chocolate covered peanuts right like what what the, in, the inflation rate on this they is- always got us because on the back of the catalog would be like if you sell 500 items you get a bicycle and you're like yes and then you realize it was tough to sell two things because your family was like yeah i don't want to yes. buy you know. And so you get like that little bank that was full of Tootsie Rolls. Do you remember that thing? It's like a cardboard tube Man. full of Tootsie Rolls. If you sold like 100 to 300 things, that's or 1 to 300 things, that's what you got. Do you have oh, to like, do you have to do fundraisers in private school, Elizabeth? So we did a magazine drive every year where we tried oh. to wheel and deal magazines for useless toys. And now you work in the publications department. <laughs> Look at that. Got them. Full circle. <laughs> Next school memory, shoebox dioramas. Do you remember having to make little uh, projects out of a shoebox? Yes, sir. Turn it into an aquarium or a zoo or the telltale heart. Those and the volcanoes we always used to have to build out of paper machine. I never had to make a volcano. Never did. Well, you had a disturbed childhood. Jump in, Elizabeth. I made a I made a volcano in the fifth grade, but it wasn't out of a shoebox. No, like the volcano you could do out of paper mache and coat hangers. Oh, coat hangers! Whoa. Oh my gosh! Whoa. Whoa! To make the 
so that you like it was the supports and then you would paper mache around the coat hanger this is unfamiliar to me i have no idea what i did but it was certainly not that well i think we need to have a department craft time i'm gonna be honest (laughs) i don't know how i managed to do it but i went the entire school career without ever having to do one paper mache ever man no paper mache i don't I don't know how to do paper mache. If you asked me today how to make paper mache, I'd probably just wad it up and then be like, is this it? No, so. that's not it. But we had to do it in art class. We had to make these like puppet things where the head, yes. you formed the head out of like newspaper and all these things. Then you had to paper mache over it and paint it. <gasps> we made a Mine rain had, stick. Yeah. Where's my rain stick? <laughs> <laughs> we are just unlocking memories in Elizabeth wow. here today. We we're just <laughs> having to go back. Next mo- school memory. One of my favorites. Book it. The book it program. You got a pen, a button that you put on your shirt. You read a book. You told your teacher you read a book. She gave you a silver star. Once you filled up four silver stars on your book it button, you took that joker to Pizza Hut and they gave you your own personal pan pizza. It was the greatest scam in all time. I got so many pizzas from Pizza Hut. You just tell your teacher, I read a book. It doesn't matter that I've read Cat in the Hat eight times in a row. <laughs> I just tell you, I got a book. You get that silver sticker. Bing, bada boom. And used to, folks, boys and girls out there, you used to be able to eat inside a Pizza Hut. And they had the flat top tables with the little Pac-Man game. So you go Man. play Pac-Man while you eat it. Pe- why can't it be that? Why can't it be 1989 again? I tell you. Uh, listen, uh, it probably wouldn't. It you know what? It was, nice you know what? It wasn't it. around in 1989. Coronavirus. It wasn't. <laughs> hmm. It's because all the all them lunchable processed foods <laughs> we were feeding everybody. All right, next school memory: going outside for recess and playing the dreaded game of dodgeball or kickball. Man, some t- you. Ugh. That's how you separated the the wolves and the sheep <laughs> at kickball, man. Our dodgeball, golly, just getting there's nothing like the feeling of taking a red rubber polyesterine whatever ridged ball, some little fifth grader hauling it as hard as they can, and that soaker just destroy you in the face. Yeah, it's not good for kids with vision problems. Let me just tell you. I don't even think they play <laughs> dodgeball anymore because... Well, no, that's child abuse, they would say. <laughs> I never played it. <laughs> Man, it was it was the day. Like, that was war. That was our war. Also, on the recess, at least when we were kids, pogs. Yep. Oh, man, that's throwback, too. Elizabeth, did you have pogs? Is this like a game that includes singing? No. no so pogs are oh. these little... Um, it's basically like gambling. Oh, <laughs> Listen, the 90s was a wild time. Processed foods, teaching kids to gamble. What a great life. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So, and then you had these slammers, which were thicker and made of uh, like plastic or acrylic or whatever. Like a 50 cent piece. And so you would, you would play and then get, they were, the pogs were mostly little cardboard circles, but they had all kinds of designs. So you could get your favorite ones, the new kids on the block or Elisa Frank or, you know, whatever was on them. And then we had more manlier pogs. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. G.I. Joe. You can buy them on Amazon. We bought them for a program a couple years ago. You get like 5000 for a dollar. Because they're just cardboard. It's all these parents who are like, what do I do with this junk? Get it out of the house. Yep. (laughs) The next one. This is, we talked about dodgeball separated sheep from the goats. This is how you, this like, I'm a... This is where the elitism and the classism started in the in our America today. The Scholastic Book Fair. If you had money to go to the Scholastic Book Fair, you were 
a rich kid. I used to ask my mom all the time, can I please have money for the Scottsdale Book Fair? You have books at home. Oh, no. Listen, this was my like my MVP time. Just kidding. Uh, my, mom, mom, <laughs> my mom did give us money. I know she's listening right now say, and she's yelling right now. I gave you me. money for that book fair. Now you spit it on pogs. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> my mom would always give us money for the book fair. Uh, so, it, I mean, but then she would be like, Jamie, did you buy a book? It's like, yeah, I read it already. And she'd say, what? So she would get mad because we read the book like it took no time at all. And she's like, oh. The, like day two, I'm like, okay, mom, I need more money. The only Scholastic Book Fair memory I have is when I spent it on Book of the Month Club, where you would get a different book sent to you each month. And you know what I spent that money on? Goosebumps, baby. <laughs> R.L. Stein and the Goosebumps series, man. All right, how about you, Elizabeth? I am full of regret when I think about this book fair because I hated reading, but I loved buying books. It's like Barnes and Noble in your school. Yeah. And they always had that extra stuff like bookmarks and stuff. But oh, also yeah. like the pencils with the little rubber finger eraser thing on the end of it. You just really point at stuff with it. The best Posters. thing was when the teacher would say, if you're in class, they would announce the class. If you have Scholastic Book Fair money, you can go to the fair now. And all those kids who stand up and just look at you like, <laughs> I've got money <laughs> and walk out the door. Yep. That's where the elitism, that's where the classism started in the, in the world today. All right, last last memory I have. Do you remember when it was awesome when you got to be the line leader? When you were the one that lined up the class and for that moment in the sun, you got to be in front. You got to walk the class. They had to follow you to art or to music and PE. And listen, if you wanted to give a little like stutter step to the left, like follow the leader, like that, man, it was just, it was the bee's knees being the line leader. Major Jamie, Elizabeth, anything else from school that just just brings back the memories to you as we get ready to land this this back to school airplane? Yeah, I just always remember how fun it was like on the last day of school when you get your yearbook and you'd have to take your yearbook around and everybody would sign it. Mm -hmm. And then, the yearbook. you know, just you'd have all, you know, all the messages and then all the dumb people and. It's always just fun to look. <laughs> that sounds like somebody had Scholastic Book Fair money. Yeah. So I say that because now you go back and look at it and you're like, what are these people thinking? All this stuff, you know, you would write in people's yearbooks just because you were a dumb fifth grader or whatever. But it's it's always funny to go back and read those and just remember how like exciting the last day of school was and how, you know, exciting the first day of school was. So just to um, Lots of fun. to wrap this up, I just thought it would be funny really quick. I, I just wanted to see what did school look like in the days of the Bible, right? Like in the when the days when the in the first century, what did school look like, especially to uh, the young Jewish family? So I just I read this. And I just thought it'd be cool to share. I'm not a historian on this, so people out there will probably be like, "No, that's not the way it is." I went to a classic book fair and read a book about early school, primary school, and Ju <laughs> Judaism first century when I was in the fourth grade. So, all right, um, so. Dudes only went to school. Sorry, ladies. That's just this way it was. Dudes only went to school uh, in the first century. Every, so if you're a boy, you're at home. Once you hit the age of five, you go to school. And you know what you did? You started memorizing the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I can't remember the channels on the TV station. I don't know how – it's just amazing to me that these guys were uh, memorizing – full five books of the Bible, right? So you, you did this, you went to school, you were learning a trade, you were learning at home, right? You were uh, 
boys are learning a trade. Girls are learning how to be good wives and good mothers. Sorry, don't want to say it, you know, but that's the way it is. Right. Until they got to the age of 13. Then if you're really good, the boys, if you were, if you were really good, you got to move on in school. If you weren't so good at school at 13, you went and did your trade. But for those of you who are really good, those kids that once they, the boys, once they hit the age of 13, they went on and memorized the wisdom books of the Bible. So you get Job and Psalms and Proverbs, which again, just is amazing to me to be able to memorize this much scripture. I, you know, I'm not very good at Bible drills, and I, you know, I get, I stumble over Philippians 413. And they have the tabs. <laughs> right. But then after age 13 and they memorized all these things, then a rabbi would come and say, come, follow me. And then they could go into this rabbi's school, into his group and his small group and his learning thing and learn more and learn the prophets and memorize those. So you could have some people who had the entire Old Testament memorized. That just blows my mind. So I think it is amazing and maybe not so amazing when all of a sudden Jesus shows up on the Sea of Galilee, on the banks of the thing, and he looks at Peter and he says, hey, come follow me, which is what a rabbi would say to their student. And it's not that amazing. It is amazing that Peter would drop everything immediately and follow him. But it's also probably made Peter feel really happy to know that a rabbi was choosing him to come and be in in his school. So that's just a little bit of school in the Bible. We do want to be praying for all of our kids as they go back to school. There's a Delta variant out there. Things are rough. People getting in fights over should masks be at school or not. Let's just be in prayer for our, our kids as they go back to school, as they try to get back to some sort of normal childhood. Is that cool? Yeah, I think so. And it is, it's stressful for them. They, you know, they understand all the things that are going on. They're feeling it. And so, um, yeah, we need to be in prayer for them for their safety, for the safety of their teachers who are, you know, dedicated and want to be there to help them learn. We're putting themselves at risk uh, in order to do so. And for parents, we need to be praying for each other. Uh, it's it's not easy knowing that you're sending your kid into a situation that could be damaging to them, uh, but also understanding that they need the social interaction and they need the education. Uh, and none of these are easy decisions. Um, and so we need to... Um, you know, be praying for one another and encouraging one another and supporting one another, supporting one another, doing everything that we can just to knock this thing out so that we can, you know, people can be healthy and safe. Jump into our last question. All right, Major Jamie, fire it up. Yes, it's that time for the question we ask at the end of every episode. What is bringing you joy? What is bringing you joy? Elizabeth, what's bringing you joy this week? I am rewatching Lizzie McGuire, and it is amazing. Listen, I had heard that they were going to be rebooting it, and then I heard they said they're not rebooting it. It's devastating. Mm. I don't like to think about it. Sorry, I just cr- killed your joy. <laughs> she sings a song. It's having. I'm having a moment right here. I can't think of the name of the song. This is what dreams are made of. This is what dream. That's it. That's the jam. It's from the that's movie. That's the jam. Oh. It is sensational. I highly recommend you go back and watch it. That's a bop. That's a bop. It's huge. Yeah. Little sister. You can see that little sister coming through, Matt. Yep, for sure. (laughs) uh, It's probably not that manly for me to say that's a bop, but you should listen to it. No, I'm forcing my boyfriend. I'm sorry. I'm encouraging my boyfriend to watch the series with me. and He's loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matt. For me, I'm going to go with what's giving my joy. It's actually, it's kind of a downer, but I think it's important is um, 
Uh, I would not encourage you. I would encourage you to listen to other podcasts besides this one. But there is one right now called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Um, it's kind of sad because it's talking about a church that was split asunder because of, you know, perhaps the uh, character flaws of its lead pastor. But um, so it doesn't maybe give me joy, but I think it's a very interesting listen. I encourage you to give it a listen. The Rise and Fall of the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, uh, Christianity Today put it out. So give it a listen. It's only, so far, it's only six episodes as of the time of this recording. Maybe, yeah, not convicting, challenging. It's just, it's good, a good reminder of... Um, character is you know, important. Yes, character is important. How about you, Major yeah. Jamie? What's giving you joy? So mine's two sides of the same coin. The first side is um, being able to travel again. We've had to travel, we've had the experience, the opportunity to travel for some work events lately. Um, and so it's been nice to be able to um, kind of get out a little bit and be with people. On the flip side, of though, after a month of staffing different events, I am very glad to be home uh, and to, you know, be getting back into the swing of things with school and back to school shopping and, you know, all those things that you do um, that feel like, you know, part of the normal rhythm of life. It is good to be back home, back home with my dog. <laughs> who I really missed. Uh, so it, it's home, home is good. Yeah. So to wrap up, thank you guys for doing VBS out there. Enjoy VBS, make a part, be in prayer for those kids who are going back to school to uh, this song. when you're listening to this as soon as we close out here just take a quick moment perhaps just set one minute timer on your phone and just take one minute to pray for the kids that are going back to school for their physical safety their spiritual safety emotional mental social oh man just so much stuff that they would just have a great a great school year and that um lessons would and be learned when you see the kids ask them how like really ask them how they're doing that's good how you know how they feel about going back to school what are what are they excited about? Are they scared about anything? And then take the opportunity to pray with the kids. Let them know that you really care about what's happening in their lives um, and that that you're thinking about them, not just when they're at the core and not just, you know, if you're fussing or whatever, but to really be caring about what's happening in their lives. It goes a long way in the life of a kid to know that um, the adults at their core love them and want to know how they're doing. I told a kid last night at VBS that I struggle with math in school. And he said, Oh, I'm amazing at math. And he took that opportunity to flex on me. So <laughs> that's going to end this episode of the battle line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the battle line wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to check out the peer website at peermag.org and follow peer on the socials at peer.magazine. And lastly, we do have a sister podcast. We say this every time that major Jamie's two timing us on called the fight for good podcast. Check it out until next time. This has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye. See ya.